Hey there, I'm Mungish Hatikuler, co-host of Part-Time Genius, one of the founders of Mental Floss, and this is Humans Growing Stuff, a collaboration from iHeartRadio and your friends at miracle Grow. Our goal is to make this the most human show about plants that you'll ever listen to. And along the way, we'll share inspiring stories, tips and tricks to nurture your plant addiction, and just enough science to make you sound like an expert. Now, we are on summer break right now, but because Molly and I cannot stop talking about plants, we are bringing you some mini episodes to brighten up your feed and grow your plant curiosity. Throughout the summer, we'll be dropping incredible stories from growers, advice from experts, and we'll have some fun conversations around fascinating plant facts. For this bonus episode, we are sharing our favorite facts about incredibly community-minded staghorn ferns. So I just want to begin by letting you know that I am not into taxidermy, but I do love fake taxidermy. I find paper mache rainbow zebra heads extremely charming. For a while, I was obsessed with Dr. Seuss's fake taxidermy, where he sculpted then mounted on these wooden boards all these imaginary animals, like the delightful seagoing dilemma fish or the goo-goo-eyed Tasmanian wallgast. You should look them up because they are super delightful. I even had a short-lived soft spot for the Billy Bass singing fish. And it turns out I'm not the only one. Apparently, Queen Elizabeth was so tickled by this novelty singing fish that she bought six of them and mounted one above her grand piano. That is true. But the reason I'm telling you all of this is because when I learned about the staghorn fern, I took an immediate liking to it. It is a plant with big antler-like fronds, and that makes it look great mounted on your wall like a trophy. In fact, it's become a pretty popular houseplant recently. And just like the resurrection fern, the staghorn is an epiphyte, so it grows on trees, but it's not a parasite. Instead, it absorbs any water that drops off of the tree while its roots secure it on the branches as it climbs. Now, our friend Michael Perry, aka Mr. Plant Geek, calls the staghorn fern one of the funkiest of the ferns, And scientists are still learning a ton about them. But here are some of my favorite facts about this regal and also very social staghorn fern. One, it has some pretty glorious fronds. Now, ferns have some of the best names in the business, partially because they look like what they're named after. The bird's nest fern looks like a bird's nest. The ostrich fern fans out like ostrich feathers. The interrupting fern has missing sections in some of its fronds. The kangaroo paw fern has, you guessed it, leaves that look like kangaroo paws. And the staghorn fern gets its name from its long, glorious, antler-like fronds. And the Sydney Morning Herald has called these ornamental fronds the drop earrings and handlebar mustache of the plant world, meaning they definitely draw attention. And even back in the 1970s, the New York Times was raving about the plant. In a column from F. Gordon Foster, author of the popular Ferns to Know and Grow, Foster praised the unusually beautiful fern for its moose-like antlers. And he advocated mounting one on a plaque and hanging it high in your bathroom where it could absorb moisture. Two, do not remove the brown part. In addition to those antler-like fronds, the fern also has shorter, wide, flat leaves near the base of the plant, and these are known as shield fronds. 
These are super important because they absorb the nutrients and water for the plant. And while these shield fronds start out all green and healthy looking, they eventually turn brown and dry out. But do not be fooled. While the shield fronds might look unnecessary, they're still alive and working hard. They're important for anchoring the plant in place and for protecting that root ball, aka the nutrient center of your plant. Three, they've been around since the dinosaurs. According to the San Diego Zoo, part of the reason that staghorns look so different from other ferns with bigger, bolder fronds that are less lacy is that they have a lineage dating back to the days of the dinosaurs. While the plants are native to tropical regions of Africa, Southeast Asia, and Australia, many botanists believe that the staghorns are actually the missing link between ancient and modern ferns. Four, spores, not seeds. Unlike other plants, staghorn ferns don't reproduce via flowers or seeds. They have these teeny tiny spores that grow on the underside of those beautiful antler-like fronds. To grow more staghorns, look for the green bumps hidden on the underside of those antler-like fronds. When they turn brown, you can scrape them off with a knife and harvest them. Another trick for collecting the spores is to cut off a frond and place it in a paper bag and wait for the spores to dry out and fall off the fronds. Then you can use those to grow baby ferns, or as they're actually called by botanists, pups. Five. Five. Staghorns love community. Now, one of the most incredible things about staghorns is that researchers have discovered that the plants take on distinct roles to help each other out. And this usually happens when they're growing in clusters in nature. So recently, the New York Times published an article sharing how ferns near the top of the trees have grown these longer, waxier antler fronds. And those near the bottom take on a spongier quality with more prominent shield fronds. And the plant's leaves at the top make it easier to direct water to the other plants below them. And those near the bottom have adapted to absorb more water. So they're all coordinating, and researchers determined it was as if the ferns operate like bees in a hive, giving different roles to each other to best serve the larger community of plants so that they can grow and thrive together. I love that. And finally, six, they eat bananas. According to the Sydney Morning Herald, one well-known secret in the world of growing prize staghorns is to feed your fern bananas. As one cultivator told the paper, he used to watch his grandmother peel the fruit like she was feeding her pet chimpanzee. Now, in the wild, staghorn ferns trap falling vegetal and plant matter in their nest-like fronds, and it decomposes and acts like a fertilizer there. But according to the article, the preferred method of most growers is to shed the fruit and just tuck a banana skin into the basal fronds where it can fertilize the plant. Either way, the idea of a plant feasting on another plant skeeves some people out. As one subject told the Morning Herald reporter, even as a child, I wondered about the moral implications of a plant eating another plant. As he elaborated, can plants be cannibals? I mean, to me, that only makes me love the staghorn fern even more. That's it for today's bonus episode. And don't forget, no matter what season it is or where you're at in your gardening journey, there's some incredible resources waiting for you on the Miracle Grow website. 
Humans Growing Stuff is a collaboration from iHeartRadio and your friends at Miracle Grow. I do hope you've loved these bonus episodes. Our show is written and produced by Molly Sosha and me, Mangesh Hatikulur. The episode was edited and engineered by our pal, Matt Stillo, who saved us a ton this summer. Thank you all so much for listening. 